When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And what a week for Manchester City Football Club. A week in which one of their players won Football Writers Footballer of the Year. A week in which we celebrated the 11th anniversary of that Aguero moment. And it's also the 20th anniversary of the last ever game at Main Road. We went away to Real Madrid and came away with a draw. A week in which City recorded their 11th Premier League win on the trot. And Arsenal lost again. And that means that the week ahead could see Manchester City progress to the Champions League final and could see them crowned Premier League champions this weekend for a third time in a row. To discuss that and much more, I've got three guests. Welcome to John Stapleton. Hi, John. Hi, how are you? Good to see you. Welcome to Rob Barron, CTID. Hi, Rob. Hi, Nigel. It's great to be alive, isn't it, at this time? It certainly is. Well, I think we might come on to that. And welcome, finally, last but certainly not least, to my old friend Steve Cox. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nigel. How are you doing? I'm really good. Steve, you you kick us off. I just thought we'd start very briefly with it is the 20th anniversary since we played our last game at at Main Road. Typical city, of course. We lost, of course, to just remind ourselves of that uh, on that day. But just I just thought it'd be quite nice to do a bit of reminiscing and, and a few your reflections on the magnificent ground that was Main Road. I remember being taken there by my father as an eight-year-old and it was the imposing sight of the Kipax that kind of really gripped me and it felt like a almost like you're walking into a cathedral or something and we went to a game and I can't even remember what the game was to be perfectly honest with you. I'd already seen City a few times by then but I can't even remember what the game was but I just felt overwhelmed by the atmosphere and it was quite a vivid atmosphere and I just remember seeing seas of blue light blue um, and walking through those little kind of little alleyways and things and little roads around it it just it just felt like such a magical experience for me it was a bit like being in Harry Potter to be perfectly honest with you and that's really my kind of memories of main road lovely uh, John uh, help us understand your your memories 
Well, I go back a long way. As you know, 1953, Man City versus Blackpool. My dad took me to see City play Blackpool with Stanley Matthews. And I had to look it out, check it up today. We won 5-0. Billy Spurdle got a couple of goals. Bert Chapman was in goal. So was Roy Paul was playing. So was Dave Ewing. And obviously, I was, I was hooked after that. In later years, in the late 60s, I remember going there from, we lived in Saddleworth, 15 miles away. It was two buses. Now, was it a tram or was it a trolley bus that took us from Piccadilly to Main? I can't remember, to be honest with you. Anyway, somehow or other, we got there. Uh, and in later years, I remember going there in the days of Somerville and Bell, of course. I could drive there in those days. And having to pay these little kids at least sixpence or a shilling to look out, quotes, look after, unquote, my car. Knowing <laughs> that if I didn't give them a sixpence or a shilling, my I wouldn't have four wheels when I came back. But yeah, tremendous atmosphere, as Steve said. Great memories of a wonderful place. I missed the last game. I can't for the laugh me remember why. But I remember Sean Gota was captain. We lost 1-0 to Southampton. That's but right. while I wasn't there, God only, I was probably working some godforsaken place. <laughs> Rob, uh, well, welcome back to the show. Uh, your, your reflections on Main Road. Well, it's part of my life. And... Uh, I just will always have a warm feeling towards it. When I, on the day I got married, the wedding car stopped at Main Road in order to have pictures before the ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the wife thought about that, Rob. Well, she was very impressed, of course. Uh, I remember seeing Dennis Law at a game when he wasn't playing smoking, which was even in the 1950s and 60s a, a source of comment. Ken Barnes, Peter Barnes, what a privilege to see them. Uh, George Heslop in his pomp at Easter 1968 when City beat West Ham and they showed that they could win win the championship. And then the greatest game for me at Main Road was Colin Bell's comeback game in 1977 where he came back from the most horrendous injury. And the whole of the stadium was at one in greeting him and he played magnificently i mean uh, i've got a bit of main road in my study uh, a sign from the uh, platte lane stand and i touch it most weeks to uh, before the game to give us luck so yeah great ground a few moaners there uh, but wonderful memories Thanks so much for sharing that with us just magnificent just to think of the the old ground uh, main road uh, my my first game was uh, uh, 1964 uh, against Northampton Town, uh, and we lost that one as well. But uh, we've seen a few victories in those days. And for me, it was it was the colours and the smells as well. Uh, we've already mentioned the Kipak Street, and I think you know what I mean by that. But uh, yeah, I mean just the the, the, the colours going in. You mentioned it, Steve. Just the green of the grass, and I remember the kind of the colour of the Northampton shirts as well. Sort of really stood out to me as well on that night. So uh, yeah, fantastic memories. Uh, and we're getting used to the Etihad. It's not quite main road, is it? But we are starting to get used to it a bit, I think. Um, listen, thanks for that. Let's uh, let's move forward. And I want us to kick off with with, with Harland. What a week for him! Uh, this no, no great surprise. Um, and I got an alert this week, I'm sure you've got the same, about us to vote for City's Player of the Season. Um, and I won't tell you who I voted for just yet, I will, but I didn't vote for Harland deliberately, because he'll win it, he'll win it hands down, we know that. But I thought I'd give someone else my vote, uh, and I'll give you my reasons in a moment. But just your reflections on Harland and uh, anybody else who you might want to mention in dispatches for, for Player of the Season as well, before we get into the detail. Um, John, Harland's season, magnificent, and, and no surprise he won it. I guess. Oh, absolutely not. But you know, certainly after Saturday, after the weekend, what about what about Gundayan? I mean, you know, uh, fantastic leader of the team, both on and off the field. 
And yet again, you know, scoring goals at a really important time. I remember the last game of the season, of course, against Villa. We were 2-0 down and he scored two and we won the league as a, as a result of that. I think he's a contender, most certainly. I think Ake, probably our most improved player, you know. And Akanji, I mean, Akanji, where did he come from? I never even heard of Akanji before he arrived at, at City. £14 million pounds we paid for him, what a, what a snip he was, you know. So they're contenders too. Obviously, Haaland's going to get it. I mean, you know, you can't beat that, that goal tally, uh, whoever you are. But I, I, I certainly think that Gundogan, we'll talk about him later, and whether, whether or not we should retain him, I hope, uh, because in my view, we most certainly should. Gundogan, because of, not just because of the role he's played on the field, but also because of the role he's played off the field. He's a superb diplomat, a su- superb ambassador for Manchester City, a bright guy. I gather he's Pep's ne- next door neighbour, so he can't be doing much wrong, can he? <laughs> Uh, Rob, uh, your thoughts on on Harland and uh, anybody else who's in contention? Did you, have you cast your vote yet? I haven't. But they, the fabulous thing, Nigel, is that they're all in contention because you just go through the list and you can argue for any one of them. Uh, Ruben Dias has had a, a wonderful uh, return to the first team. John Stones has played absolutely out of his skin in the last. Uh, three months. De Bruyne has made our last few weeks in a way that no one else in Europe could. Grealish is the most improved player that I've seen. And Rodri is just magnificent. So, you know, we're so privileged to see all these players absolutely in their prime. But I will go for Haaland um, because he's one of us, because he loves playing because he loves scoring, because he always appreciates the fans, because he's a gentleman, and he's a brilliant footballer, and people don't know how to cope with him. And we are lucky to be able to watch him and to see him score goals without necessarily touching the ball very often. It is fabulous. Who gets your vote, Steve? Well, I can't believe that my two illustrious colleagues actually glossed over and didn't even mention Johnny Stones because, you know, at the start of the season, if you'd have told me that John I think Rob, Stones... Excuse me, be, I, think, I think Rob did, to be fair sorry, to Rob. Yeah. Sorry, Rob, I, I, I must have missed that bit. I do apologise. Um, but if, if someone had said to me at the beginning of the season that John Stones was going to turn up in midfield more often than he was in central defence, I wouldn't have believed it for a minute. But the guy has come on in leaps and bounds this year he seems to have really emerged as a footballer as much as anything else with a lot of footballing intelligence. He's made goals, he's scored goals. And if it wasn't for Haaland, he would be my tip for footballer of the year. But I can't see how we as a team can go anywhere without the goals that Haaland has scored. He's first year in a team, a Pep team. He's a player that Pep says is not quite the finished article yet. So God only knows how good he'll be when he's actually had a year or two with us. Um, I can't, I can't get over it. He's, he's an amazing player, absolutely, and he's not just scoring goals now. He's getting involved in the build-up yeah. play as well, and he's also using runs to to sort of take people away or take defenders away from other players and making space. So, yeah, yeah, guy is is immense. It really is. Hey. You're absolutely right. There are so many names I'll share with you who I who I voted for, uh, and it's not probably the first name on your lips. His name has been mentioned. I just think he's when he's played, he's played in various positions. He's never let us down. He's scored important goals as well. Uh, I've given my vote to Nathan Ake. I think he's been outstanding. And as, as Rob rightly says, you could give him so many, but just 
I just want him to get a few votes because I think he's been brilliant and uh, one of the stuff, a bit of an unsung hero. Who would have thought, you know, Bournemouth got relegated and we, we snapped him up. Um, Pep saw something in him and uh, he's been absolutely outstanding, as, as many of them have. What, what a joy and a pleasure to watch that team, as you've all said. Um, listen, let's let's start talking about some football then. Um, and we went away to Real Madrid, went 1-0 down. And for me, two brilliant sides, two quality football, quality footballers on both sides. And what I liked particularly, and we'll get into the game in a second, but I just want to mention this sort of up front, was it was a hard-fought game. But at the end of it, you could see the respect that each player had with each other. They shook hands, they hugged each other. It was a hard-fought game, but there was huge respect between two very talented sides. That's just something I just want to throw onto the table. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Rob... Kick us off here. We went one nil down, um, but we were never sort of out of it. And to come away from Real Madrid, you would have taken that a week ago, I think, wouldn't you? Just to get a, a one all draw away there in that in that sort of. Absolutely. I mean, it's been a week of character. It's been a week of uh, intense um, productivity from a team which is getting nearly sixty percent of the possession in in in. In a game against Real Madrid, that is remarkable. And uh, the character of the team to come back from being 1-0 down, from not being um, obsessed by poor refereeing and uh, where certain City players were targeted without being defended, particularly in the second half, that is magnificent. And we should also say uh, that Edison had a magnificent game and saved two goals towards the end uh, of the match, which was psychologically vital. Because if we'd lost another goal to Madrid at that time, then the bogey really would have been round our necks. So the psychological merit of the of the players hanging in there was, I think, uh, wonderful. And we owe De Bruyne a big time. You know, Pep said of him, uh, he doesn't. He's got to give more in the big games, and that's exactly what he's done. And that's it was wonderful to see that goal and the impact that it had. What were your takeaways, John, from that uh, excellent result uh, away in Madrid? Well, exactly that. It was an excellent result. Any any draw against Real Madrid at Real Madrid is is a damn good result for any team. We once we once again managed the game very well. We didn't panic when we went one down. You know. We're getting very good at that. We're getting very resilient. But they are too. If I can corner phrase, I have to confess. I know I said the last time I was with you, I was confident we'd get the triple, but I'm getting a little bit of cityitis about the replay, I have to say, uh, because they're they're a very resilient team. I'm tempted to say they're a bunch of thugs. They're certainly a very tough team, as, as was demonstrated, uh, in, in, as Rob was just saying, that in the, particularly in the, se- in the second half. But no argument about it. To come away with, from, from that game, one all. I thought in many ways it was a credit to both teams, apart from Real's thuggery. It's a credit to both teams because they both played mag- magnificently well. And we, in that atmosphere in particular, the City to sustain or to get a draw, I thought was a, a pretty good result. Certainly one that kept me happy, but I'm a bit, we'll maybe come to it later, a bit nervous about, about, about Wednesday. Yeah, we'll come on to that in one second. Steve, your thoughts on the game? Two magnificent goals, of course. Two beautiful goals. I mean, that first goal, I, when that went in, my first thought was, oh, God. And, and then I had to say, actually, that was a really good goal. That was, you can't really you can't really fault that. You know, they, it came from nowhere against the run of play. 
but he took it exceptionally well. And Vinicius Jr., if you give him a little bit of space, he can work absolute wonders. So it, it kind of drops the hint that we need to mark him incredibly closely in in the, in the second yeah. leg. Um, De Bruyne's goal, I think without a net, that would still be travelling now around the earth at great velocity because I, I don't think I've ever seen a ball fly quite so fast and so hard towards the net. And at such a low trajectory as an ex keeper I would never have wanted to be facing that because it would have taken me with it I think that's the that's how hard and fast that went into the net and I think it, it almost showed a bit of anger from De Bruyne's kind of side it's like add that uh, and and keep that one out because they had actually stopped quite a few um attempts on goal during that that period of time there were a few Real Madrid players that I was really surprised not to see carded to be perfectly honest with you and I think some of them seem to have got that cloak of invisibility from Harry Potter um, or borrowed that for the night because the ref was absolutely shocking, in my opinion. I think he actually made a rod for his own back by not clamping down on it a little bit earlier in the game, to be fair. Um, and I think you sometimes once you let one go, you end up letting another one go and then another one go. And then something has to be a lot worse before you actually clamp down on it. And, I, you know, there was there were some sort of nasty little tactics there, Rudiger particularly uh, and Danny Carvajal were, were quite rough, I think. Let's concentrate, um, let's move away from the ref and, and concentrate on uh, this week then. Uh, and we've kind of touched on that. Uh, Steve, you, you kick us off then on this, your your thoughts in terms of, I mean, it could go either way. Can They're a magnificent side. It's a knockout tournament. We say this all the time. It's it's a tough one to call, isn't it? But what, what a prospect to go to the Etihad on Wednesday night, sitting top of the Premier League, with that kind of within our grasp, so then again have a Champions League final in our grasp. What, 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 as I think Rob said, what a time to be a City fan. Um, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Great game to look forward to, and I'm sure the atmosphere will be fantastic on Wednesday night. I think at the moment we seem to be, John mentioned it earlier, it's that typical City-itis bit where you get very nervous before some of these games. And the, la- the, the games over the last month to six weeks have made me particularly quite nervous. Um, and this one, I enter with a sense of trepidation because it excites me. But at the same time, Madrid is such a potent side. We could equally lose that game as much as I'm confident that we're going to win it. I think this year might be our year as far as the Champions League is concerned, because I think we've shown the metal and defensive strength that we've lacked in previous seasons at this stage of the competition. And I think perhaps we could do it. We've been through some really tough asks over the last few weeks and and we've come through them all with pretty much flying colours to be perfectly honest with you and and, you know it's been a tough couple of months and we've overturned a deficit in the Premier League we've gone as far as we can before the final in the Champions League and and I'm really anticipating this game on Wednesday I can't wait to be honest with you I wish it was tomorrow to be perfectly frank. John your thoughts ahead of this game then in terms of it literally could go either way. How, how do you think Pep's going to sort of set the side up, first of all? Have you any thoughts in terms of lineup? Is he well, going to play his best 11? What is his best 11? How is he going to approach this? My city artist was slightly alleviated by the way he played against the team he played against Everton because, you know, resting De Bruyne, resting Stones, resting Grealish, and still winning 3 0. It was a smart move by Pep, let's face it. And those three come back into the side. I'm, I'm more confident than I would have been, perhaps, than I was earlier in the week. I mean, I, st- I still haven't got over, you know, losing to Real Madrid this time last year. In the mm. game when, you know, for the first time in my life, possibly, I was speechless at the end of I mean, I, I had nothing to say. I was just so shattered by that. Uh, they are a very, very tough side. I think 
you know, benefit of mature reflection. We'll probably do it, but it's going to be hellishly tight. But if he, I, I, to answer your question directly, yes, let's play our full strength team. Let's put Grealish back in, who, who has come back, who's come into great form. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne and obviously John Stones, all of whom, as, as we've heard earlier, are worthy of player of the year themselves. You know, yeah, let's put those three three back in and, and see how we go. I mean, the atmosphere will be tremendous. We need every City fan in the stadium to be shouting their heads off right from right from the world go, as I'm sure as I'm sure they will be. And yeah, but it will be tight. Uh, Rob, I mean, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I'm saying that these are probably the two best club sides in the world, I guess you could argue, um, at the moment. And it's kind of the prospect. What what does City need to do to to get over the line here in in this vital clash? Well, I think that the exciting thing is that City are a better team now than they have been for the last year and a half because they managed to keep the ball and become threatening and have good transitions in a way which they struggled at the beginning of the season. We all know that. And we owe Pep a huge debt for changing the formation and creating this inverted fullback, uh, first ridiculously with, then successfully with John Stones. And I'm very excited about Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, we can, we shouldn't be overconfident. But City are the best team that I've seen this season, and that includes Real Madrid. Uh, I, I think that uh, we have to uh, be patient, we have to be careful, but the skill of the team as a whole is better than Madrid's. And with the crowd uh, uh, on our side, I, I, I'm not overconfident but I'm confident uh, of a very fine result you can't you can never know about the referees or VAR or stuff like that but it at the moment particularly after two games one against Real Madrid and one against Everton where they were brilliant in both games that that's uh, the team is not emotionally tired in the way that uh, I feared they would be and they're really up for this and it, it could be uh, a wonderful evening. I'm looking forward to that. So I, I'm not trepidatious, but I think we need to be cautious. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think you know, we're all looking forward to it enormously, I'm sure. Um, I, I'm going to come on to the league in a second. But before I do that, I want to ask a, a question we got on Twitter from uh, Stato Paul Denby, who's... Uh, um, a regular contributor to the show and often comments on Twitter as well. Um, and his question is, John, you can kick off on, on this. Could have his, what's our hardest game left in search of the treble? Is it 
the Real Madrid game on Wednesday, or is it the cup final against Stratford? Um, if we are going to make that treble, which is the hardest of the of, of the games we got coming up? Because of course, I so say we'll come on to the Premier League in a moment. We've got more than one opportunity to win that, I guess you could argue, yeah. and therefore that becomes the easier one now with what we've we know happened at the weekend. So, which is tougher? Would you say is it is it uh, the game on Wednesday against Real Madrid in the Champions League, or is it the cup final against the Reds? I'd say that a shadow of a doubt the game against Real Madrid. I mean, United is far too up and down to cause a serious concern. But there'll obviously be anything which is vaguely legal to try and stop us getting the triple. But having said all that, they're a much better uh, Real Madrid are a much better team than Man United. Man United, given that if we do feel the full strength team, which I'm sure we will, shouldn't be any problem at all. Um, in the league, I'd, I, I answered the poll on Twitter this afternoon saying, uh, yeah, Real Madrid most certainly, but Brighton, Brighton is going to be tricky. But hopefully, by then we will have won the league anyway by by beating Chelsea or if if, if uh, other results go, if Arsenal lose at Forest, so uh, that may may become academic. But without a shadow of a doubt, me Real Madrid way way above Man United. You could argue, of course, Steve, that they're going to be up for it. I mean, let's let's say that we've got through to the Champions League. Uh, we've already won the league. They are going to. They will not want us to to win a treble, will they? They will be up for it in a one-off cup final. It could be tough, couldn't it? It could be tough, but I think the Real Madrid game is probably the tougher one that we we know we're going to be facing over the next few weeks at this point in time. Um, I mean, whoever we get in the final, be it AC Milan or Inter Milan, is not going to be a walkover either. If if we assuming we get past Real Madrid, but like John, I think that Real Madrid is probably the tougher ask because they're the more technically finessed football team at this point in time they with United you never quite know what you're going to get they can be as John says quite up and down they can be a bit flaky they won't have Rashford by the looks of it it looks as though he's out for the rest of the season so actually I you know I've got there's much more riding on the Real Madrid game than there is on the United one Um, but it will be great to do a treble United will absolutely be up for stopping us whichever way they possibly can but I think we've got more than enough for them. Real Madrid, for me. Uh, Rob, you obviously are looking forward to tomorrow night. You you, you would more go into that cup final against Stretford um, with less confidence, would you? Just just the nature of the opponents and the occasion that they'd be up for it, presumably? Uh, I think the cup final is a bit parochial when you've got Real Madrid and the chance of winning the Champions League. And in terms of our history and reputation, the Champions League is the thing that we now have to win. Uh, the issue of United is will be determined to some extent by whether or not uh, the games against Brighton and um, Brentford count or not, because if it's over by then, as hopefully it will be, then the players, all the players will have the chance to rest. And I think that's important too, given given the schedule that's happened. But frankly, I think the FA Cup is the least important of what's going on at the moment. The key thing is to win uh, against Real Madrid and then to beat Chelsea and uh, then to look at the Champions League final. It, I think the FA Cup is the least important of those games. Let's let's before we get to Chelsea. Let's just look back over the weekend because again, what a vital weekend with Arsenal losing again. What a performance in Brighton, but also um, it's fair to say, John, that City's performance against Everton was pretty good as well. A very professional performance. Yeah. A tough place to go. They're fighting for their lives. Uh, Sean Dyche is no mug, 
and to go there and dominate and win the game easily was uh, was really pleasing, wasn't it? It was, and I thought actually the first half hour, Evan gave us a good run for our quite frankly. Uh, Holgate missed that chance to very, very early, or half chance very early on. But once once that was gone and we we got off, well, two goals in a couple of minutes, uh, it, it was all over for me. Uh, again, at the risk of repeating myself, a, a game very well managed. We don't panic anymore, do we? we you know, we're so solid in defence these days uh, for any threat that comes. And they did threaten us later, but not not significantly in my view. And you, as you rightly say, Sean Dyche is no mug. They're fighting for their lives. They could still very easily still go down. It's a bad result for Everton. No, no, no doubt about that. And a very good result for City. Three 0 is, you know, well, fantastic, frankly. In the circumstances. And, and John, do you want to just tackle the Gundogan issue as well? I mean, we, we yeah. say this every time. Pep's first signing, of course. Statues are being mentioned left, right, and there's been no room outside the Etihad. Soon, with the number of statues they're building out there. Uh, yeah, I'm behind you, John, I'm sure, on the list, but by some margin. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, Gundogan, uh, 10 years, what a serve, and the goal, you mentioned the goals. And there's well, this talk, There's this talk, obviously, of him potentially going, and if City only offer him a year, someone else might offer him two years. Where We must work hard, mustn't we, to, to keep this guy, surely, for another I, couple of years, surely. I, I think we should do anything within our, everything within our powers to keep him for at least a couple of years. There's, there's a lot of life left in that guy. And, you know, time and again... He, he's he's saved us, and also he's so versatile. He can play number eight, he can play number ten, he can play all over the place. And you know, he's a he's a guy you just want around in the dressing room and off the field as well. Yeah, most certainly offer him whatever he wants, even a statue, as I said, as you indicated, if necessary. <laughs> he's a massive asset to Manchester City, uh, whether he's on the bench or whether he's on the field. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. And I hope hopefully that game against Everton at Goodison Park will have, will have. Um, cast aside any doubt that was in the minds of those responsible for signing, signing him up for another couple of years. And when people, Rob, talk about the great that this great decade, they'll talk, of course, the three who already have the statues there already in, in company, Silver and Aguero. Yaya gets mentioned, Zabaleta, um, no doubt in future. If Harlan stays for a few seasons, I'm sure he'll have a statue as well, I'm sure, if he carries on scoring at the rate. But Gundogan doesn't seem to be in that category but why is that you know what what a servant he's been what a player he's been what an influence he's had but he's not kind of mentioned in the same in the same bracket is he very often well you know um as malcolm allison used to say if if people prefer to watch jack and ori when war and peace is on there's nothing i can do about it uh that's that's how he described crowds at old trafford and i think it's true of gundawan He's such an elegant, brilliant player that if people can't see the genius that, that is there, then it, they don't know enough about football. Those goals that he scored against Everton are, are just remarkable. There's hardly a player in the Premier League that could score either of those goals. And um, because he's a no-nonsense, quiet guy uh, who doesn't, doesn't you know he's not uh, he doesn't play to the crowds he doesn't he's not a sensationalist in any way he doesn't make a fuss then people mistake that for being part of uh, weighing up what he is he's made an indispensable contribution i mean look at the goals against aston villa that's worth a statue uh, in itself, you, we haven't mentioned De Bruyne for a statue, by the way, or John Stones. I mean, there, there, there's plenty of work still to be done, and there's plenty of room around the ground. It's only on one side at the moment, so there's no problem. But I agree with John. Work 
to keep him. He's only 32. Modric is 38. And neither of them rely on speed. So, you know, Gundogan can be very good for at least another two years. So uh, if Pep wants him, uh, I hope that uh, we'll keep him. Um, Steve, your, your thoughts on Gundogan twofold. How hard do we work and does he get a statue? I think we should work really hard. Um, we need to convince him. He says to himself that he's not sure about his physicality and whether he'll still be able to do that for a year or two years. And he said he'll decide at the end of the season where he sits on that front. But for me, I think we should go, go all out to try and get him to stay. Um, he makes the team tick, to be honest with you, for me. He, he kind of, he's the rhythm behind the team. He moves into places and carries the ball very, very well, loans it to people, takes it back. He, he does that job that David Silva used to do really well for us. And it, it, I think without him, <clears throat> we would have struggled in some of these games. That touch of genius to put that goal in at the weekend, there wasn't another player on the team, I think, that could have actually thought of doing that. And, and he said he did it instinctively. It was just, oh, I stopped it there and I just touched it and it went in. Um, you know, he played it down, which is kind of a sign of the man, really, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he's well worth a statue. But um, as the guys say, you know, we could eventually have statues all the way around. You might struggle to actually get into the Etihad for the statues we could actually put there. Um He's a great player and such a nice bloke as well. Thanks, Steve. Uh, that's probably all we've got time for this week. So a huge thanks to my three guests, to John Stapleton, to Steve Cox and to Rob Barron, CTID. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.